Imagine, if you will, you're standing at a parade, your throat's a little dusty, the road's, you know, kind of billowing up as people are going along, and you're so excited. You want to catch this person's attention. So there's a lot of shouting in Palm Sunday because we are all yelling, hopefully, from our hearts, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He and his disciples have just left Bethany, his home base, throughout his ministry. New technology. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing I printed it off on paper, too, because it's not scrolling. (laughs) Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He and his disciples have left Bethany, his home base, throughout his ministry. His dear friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, have a home here. It's a little over three kilometers outside of Jerusalem, a somewhat short walk, but pretty much all uphill. As the group nears Bethphage, a place in between Bethany and Jerusalem, Jesus selects two disciples to tell them to go into the village where they will immediately find a colt. The two disciples are told to untie it and bring it to him. If someone asks why they're taking it, they are to answer, the Lord needs it and will return it immediately. Borrowing this animal is a risky business. The Old Testament laws about borrowing or stealing are strict and even harsh. Old Testament law says, if a thief is caught in the act of breaking in and he is beaten to death, no one is guilty of bloodshed. But if this happens after sunrise, there is guilt of bloodshed. A thief must make full restitution. If he is unable, he is to be sold because of his theft. If what was stolen, whether ox, donkey, or sheep, is actually found alive in his possession, he must repay double. In ancient times and now, work animals are important. And they could mean the difference between being able to care for family and poverty. Having pack animals to carry loads opens up new work opportunities for people in tough terrain. Carting lentils or peas to market for a farmer or carrying goods along a trade route between supplier and city allows families to move up in the economic chain. Now imagine the disciples uncertain, a bit nervous, as they enter this small town where probably everyone knows each other and their business. They find the donkey, as Jesus has told them, and they are untying it to borrow it. And right on cue, people come up to them and say, why are you untying this donkey? Surprisingly, after the simple explanation that Jesus has given them to say, they are allowed to take the donkey with them. We don't know if Jesus' reputation had grown so that they are known and trusted 
on this errand, or perhaps these are friends of Jesus that have this donkey that they are allowing them to borrow. Nonetheless, it's a big ask, but it fulfills Zechariah's prophecy in chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. A colt, a young donkey that has never before been ridden. Now, I am no equine expert, but does anyone else find this surprising? Maybe even miraculous? In all my Sundays of Palm Sunday, in all my years of Palm Sundays, I don't have any memory of someone finding the first ride on an unbroken colt worth focusing on. Maybe it's the animal lover in me, but I really noticed it this year and I wanted to dig a little deeper. So please feel free to call out or write in the chat, what do you know about donkeys? And yell it loud so I can hear up here. What do you know about donkeys? It can be one or two words or more. Yes. Sorry? Stubborn. Okay, I hear the stubborn word. Anything else? Slow and methodical. Anybody in the chat, Evan? Yeah, we have a little 10-second delay on there. Anything else anybody knows about donkeys? Eeyore. Stubborn. E- or Eeyore Stubborn. Yes. Not the same as a mule. Pardon? Not the same as a mule. Not the same as a mule. Exactly. Mules are a horse and donkey cross. There we go. Well, we know a little bit more. We're about to know more. I went down the rabbit hole of reading about donkeys' characteristics, behavior, traits, training. I watched so many videos of donkeys. Jeremy and I were sending TikTok videos of donkeys back and forth. It was a little bit of fun. I learned more than I will ever possibly use, but I have a newfound respect for this humble beast. I thought donkeys were, what everybody said, stubborn, sullen, boring, slightly odd with their long ears, long ears that can hear 96 kilometers in the desert, by the way. Store that little fact away for you. I discovered that donkeys are amazing. They're hard workers, but you cannot bully or push them into obedience. They have a huge inclination to please, but only if they trust you. They are philosophers, They need to know the how, but just as importantly, the why of an action or task. They're deep thinkers, and they need time and patience to trust someone and to be coaxed into doing something new. Their natural instinct is flight when confronted with something new or someone new. They have big energy reserves. They are slow and steady, like Warren pointed out. They are good herders, and they are used with goats and sheep to protect them from wolves. Donkeys can live up to 50 years, and they have incredible memories, remembering other donkeys that they've been separated from for up to 25 years. They groom each other, similar to monkeys. It's so sweet. They are very affectionate, and they learn how to solve problems in a similar way to dolphins and dogs. 
Now, here is what I found really interesting. Donkeys need relationships with other animals and companions. Donkeys mourn if a companion dies or is moved away. They will refuse to eat and can become ill to the point of death if they're isolated. They're affectionate. They need community. They intentionally seek out their people and animals. And if they love and trust you, they will do almost anything for you. But it takes mutual respect. So here we are. Jesus and this donkey, eye to eye. Does this donkey innately sense Jesus' goodness, his gentleness, his trustworthiness, his need? How else do we explain this potential miracle that follows? The fabric is swung over this new donkey's back, and his first rider ever mounts him, and they start going to Jerusalem, where people are waving branches and fabric in his face, and they're shouting right in his ear. There's a phrase called bomb-proof the horses. In other words, you take a really long time to prepare your colt to be ready for any eventuality it may encounter when you ride them. Large books have been written about this fact. There is no time to bomb-proof this donkey for Jesus as he humbly rides the donkey on the road into Jerusalem from the east. It feels like this young donkey understands better than some people who this man is. Meanwhile, on the other side of the city, Pontius Pilate is riding into Jerusalem on his war-trained horse to remind the celebrating Jews that Rome is in charge. A warning to not take their celebration of remembered liberation over Passover too far. They are occupied and at the leisure of the Roman capital. Pilate represents oppression, racism, and foreign rule. It does not seem that Pilate takes the triumphal entry very seriously. It's never mentioned at the trial that will take place later in the week, and there are no attempts by Romans to manage or to disperse the crowd. It's the Pharisees that tell the disciples and Jesus to be quiet. The religious leaders, they don't like what they're seeing or what they're hearing. This is a threat to the Pharisees' very existence. Jesus talks about a new order. He radically criticizes the dominant culture that the religious leaders have created. The fact that it seeks to control rather than liberate people. That it partners with imperial power to maintain a status quo that benefits themselves, not the people they purport to lead. Look at Jesus. Look at his crowd. Look at his people. They're the working class. Laborers, tradespeople, farmers from mostly rural areas or small villages. Jesus rarely goes to large cities except to participate in Jewish festivals. He keeps his distance from city-dwelling wealthy landowners and the priests who benefit from their patronage. These priests understand the threat that Jesus is to them and their old order, and they plot to destroy him. Now people keep shouting, 
Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. How is Jesus feeling on that donkey while all of this is going on around him? Here he is fulfilling the prophecy, but in such a wildly different way than people are expecting He's been warning his disciples about what is to come, but do they fully understand? And here are the crowds hoping that this descendant of David will come be their earthly king and lead them into the good old new days. What is he thinking as he rides along in this celebratory parade? Is he disappointed that they do not really get it? They don't really recognize his love? They don't understand his impending sacrifice? There are so many comments Jesus makes around this time to others that feel so melancholy, sad, isolated. At other times, he's angry and would want to give people what my grandmother would say, a good shake. People are yelling, throwing their cloaks down for the donkey to walk over, waving branches. They're celebrating the hope of decades that a savior would come and rescue them and rule them. Israel has long clamored for a king. Like other nations, they want what the other people have. They don't have the imagination to conceive of the kind of king Jesus is meant to be. But who among us would? Jesus ushers in a revolutionary kingdom that we've never known. In the prophetic imagination, Walter Brueggemann tells us that Jesus comes as a prophetic king to radically dismantle the fundamental social valuing of his society. He eats with outcasts. He opposes the enslavement that has been created by Sabbath laws. He criticizes the existing temple and its politics He forgives sins. He is compassionate and shows solidarity with the marginalized. Compassion is a revolutionary form of criticism. When we're compassionate, we are saying that the hurt needs to be taken seriously, that the hurt is not normal and is unacceptable. It's an unacceptable condition for humanness. Words are not enough for compassion. They need action. Jesus not only criticizes the lack of compassion in the current leadership, he enters into the breach, mind, body, and soul. In the Holy Week to come, he will show how completely different his kingship is to be. Let us again consider the donkey. When we're approached by Jesus, in whatever form that may take, how do we respond? Yes, at the risk of impertinence, I'm comparing us to the donkey. (laughs) As believers, we have the amazing privilege of literally carrying Christ into this world. Christ resides in us. Wherever we walk, he walks. Wherever we go, he goes. Throughout history, God chooses the humble and the unassuming to bring his word into the world. Who might be in our world that we can stand in solidarity with 
as we help keep the wolves at bay? How might we care affectionately for one another? Where might we take Jesus into the world? For Jesus has come to love the world. He has come to redeem us all. He has come to eat with the outcasts, to welcome the children, heal the sick, and make the marginalized his people. What good news he brings to us, and we're invited to be a part of this miraculous work. Let us trust Jesus. May we choose to live in community with him and others. May we take time to process the how and why of what he calls us to do. Become philosophers. Strong and steady, sure-footed, we focus on the task set before us. We know his love and compassion. Let us be love and compassion to the world. Since we're celebrating a new kingdom, a new way of doing things, an alternative consciousness, then let us take the donkey as our champion. Not a soaring eagle, not a fierce lion. This is donkey time. Humble, affectionate, hardworking, trusting, and deep-thinking donkey time.